welcome to Right Side of the Brain, the brand new podcast from Interact Stroke Supports. Right Side of the Brain explores all things arts and health. My guest in this edition is the actor Rupert Graves. Rupert has appeared in many high-profile films, including A Room with a View, Morris, The Madness of King George, V for Vendetta, as well as numerous appearances on stage. This interview was recorded during the lockdown period. Rupert, first of all, a, a huge thank you to you. I, I know how busy you are as a person, and you know, you've got your, I think, five kids to look after. I'm, I'm so very, very grateful for the kindness that you've shown in taking some time uh, to do this interview. Thank you so much. Real pleasure. So I wanted to kick off this interview, Rupert, um, with saying to you that I've got a bit of a bone to pick with you. Yeah, go on, do it. Yeah, I've got a bit of a bone yeah. to pick with, with, with Rupert Graves. Nice. I, I, thought I'd do some, I thought I'd do some research on, on Rupert Graves. And to my horror... I find out that you're actually older than me. And, you know, I'm 54, and there's this guy, Rupert Graves, who only looks 40. Oh, you're so kind. Yeah. Uh, what, what is it that you're eating? And I want some. Um, I eat, uh, I, <laughs> I eat, uh, I eat ch- fish and chips is what it is. <laughs> fish and chips is my favourite meal of all time. Because I come from Western Supermare, it's my soul food. Oh, you're my, you're my, so, you're my kindred spirit, Rupert. It's my favourite meal of all time. Loads of fish and chips is the best. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Rupert, let, let's kick, let's kick this off. Um, you just mentioned Western Supermare. You, you were born there. What, what was your childhood like? Uh, Western's a funny place. It's a seaside resort, which is, which was when I was growing up, was just at the end. It was just when. Um, I grew up when, when, when package holidays were taking off, so local uh, towns were dying. Um, when, when I was a young guy, we, 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 there, was no, there was no industry there apart from the uh, holiday industry, so it was a poor and dying town. Lovely town in that it was by the sea and not very far from Cheddar and Glastonbury and beautiful countryside. Um, so no, I went to a very normal, uh, comprehensive school. I was very, very bad at school. I was mean like, you know, uh, awful. I didn't get one O level. Um, I don't think I even really got a, a, a CSE. Um, but, um, but it was quite wild in a way that we had lots of nature. You had lots of weather, which I really loved. Um, uh, my dad was a musician. So we had a lot of culture around, uh, which was I mean, music. He was a classical musician. Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, it was nice, it was wild, it was quite free. I was, uh, I was, I mean, it was, it was sad because I was very bad at, um, uh, at school. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't great. Uh, but I was inattentive and probably a bit hyperactive. Um, and, I, and I think childhood kind of didn't suit me, although I kind of, if you ask my wife, she'll say that I was, I'm pretty childish now still. Uh, but I kind of knew from quite an early age that I didn't really need I thought I was, I thought I was going to be an actor from quite an early age so I thought I didn't really have to engage with um, 
education, which is not something I tell my children, of course. <laughs> because it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a gamble, which luckily for me paid off, but I needed luck. Yes, yes. And so is it true then that at 15, you then, you, you left school. Did you join the circus? Yeah. What, what, what was that like? I joined when I was, I, was I, I, I can't remember if I was 15 or 16, but I got a job through the, uh, the, the, the job centre. There used to be a scheme called the YTS, which was the youth training scheme, where the government paid, I think, £25 to an employer to basically apprentice somebody. And a, a, a circus came into town and they lost their uh, clown and <laughs> cheekily <laughs> asked the government for a kind of furlough, I suppose, uh, of 25 quid. And they just got a local kid who happened to be me <laughs> to join in. And I was there really to put up the tent because there were very few able-bodied men. Uh, all women around. There, there, there was an old, it was an old couple who ran the circus, and there was a retirement circus for their son. Uh, and, and there were only about four or five acts. And the circus tent is a massive thing to put up. But it wasn't a massive uh, tent, which also meant that we had to move every three days. You had to take it up and down twice a week, which is a lot. Um, so I did that, and I trained, and I did kind of, um, I, I was the stooge for a clown called Weedy. Um, yeah, and I travelled around from kind of Cornwall up to, Leicester, where they wintered for a year, yeah. And then how did you uh, make the transition from the, the circus then into, into theatre? Um, well, I'd done, because I wanted to be an actor, I kind of worked on comic monologues and things when I was at school, and I used to play local theatres, and and, uh, and, and I used to, was in the kind of operatic society and stuff, and I did plays at school. and um, so in, and, and in those days, you also had to do, you had to get a certain number of weeks professional work to get an equity card. Yes. But you couldn't work without an equity That's card. That's right, yeah. But the way you had to do that was certain jobs would let you, you could get an equity card without having to be a member. Like you could be a stripper, maybe you could be a kind of club singer or a comedian or uh, do what I did, comic monologues. Or, or I also worked at Butlins up in Skegness for a season, which gave me weeks, um, which I could put towards being a, a getting an equity card so i did that and then um i did extra work on on movies when i got my equity card first and i did um and i got little walk-on parts and then i got a couple of tiny little parts and then i bought the stage in western supermare smiths and the, they had, used to have lots of adverts I haven't seen it recently but they used to have lots of adverts on the back for little uh, agencies and i just wrote to every single one and i got uh, an agent who then put me up for a couple of little parts on the tv which i got tiny little parts and then I got a job because I had my equity card then, because I'd done all those ridiculous things. Uh, like the, the circus worked towards that too. Um, I then uh, I, I got a job at the King's Head in London. Uh, that was my first theatre, professional theatre job. And then, you know, things from there. So uh, just very quickly going back to uh, being from Western Supermare, which I guess is Somerset, would it be? Uh, it's Somerset, yeah. So... Yeah. Did, did you have a, a Somerset accent when you were growing up? I did. I had, I mean, it wasn't that, I mean, that's, my, my parent, my mum was from, my mum had a Midlands accent. My dad was from uh, Leicester, actually, uh, originally. Um, oh, no, he was from, his family were, he, he was from Harrogate. But he didn't have much of an accent. But I had, I had a West Country burr, I suppose. And when I started doing, like movies like uh, A Room with a View and things. And I had to do the um, dub. You have to do, always do dubbing after just in case there's a, an aeroplane in the sky and you have to take that out. And then you have to lip sync your own um, things. So I used to kind of, um, and I, I had to do some lip syncing because I'd done the original in quite a strong, at times, 
West Country accent. I'd say, what do you tell the lady at the hotel? And stuff like that. And they go, mate, that's not Merchant Ivory. That's not, what are you doing? <laughs> you know that, you know that, that that's, it slightly reminds me of my, my very first day at drama school because I'm originally from uh, a place called Handsworth in Birmingham. Right. And I, and I arrived at my first day at drama school and they, they, get, they handed me a piece of paper and they said, could you say this line, please? And I said, the man was singing in the park. And uh, they looked at me and said, sorry, could you, could you say that again? I sa uh, said, yeah, sure. I said, the man was singing in the park. And uh, this drama teacher said, it's not singing, it's singing. And I, I looked at her in horror thinking, what are you? What are you talking about? Of course, it's singing because it's got a G at the end. And yeah. if that's all you know, and that's the accent, yeah. you know, around you. And of course, I guess the great thing now is, or well, the better thing now is that they encourage regional accents, which is much better. That's in, right. In those days, you had they, to yes, of, they want. Yeah, they had the RP, which people actually don't want now. You, you know. Yeah. So, who who have been your inspirations then, Rupert? Well, mainly, well, for acting or for life or for for, for life in general. Um, well, acting. I mean, acting was was such a kind of. I, I don't know why I wanted. I, I do know why I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be an actor because when I was about four or five, I did a play and I wanted to be uh, Father Christmas, but I was only an elf, which annoyed me. But when I took my green tights off, I remember the kind of wonder of looking at my knee, you know, me putting the tights on going, elf, me, elf, and thinking that's amazing. So uh, <laughs> from about then, I kind of knew that I wanted to be uh, an athlete. So that sort of, I like that transformation, um, that fakeness, that skin going on. I liked it. Um, the, uh, so, so a lot of kind of people, you know, people like Peter O'Toole were amazing. I used to love um, all, all the uh, characters in... Um, uh, in Dad's Army, shows like that, and and um, you know, Forty Towers, and um, Arthur Lowe, I used to love. I used to think he was an amazing actor. I still do, actually. Um, but I didn't go to the cinema very much, so I didn't have kind of um, um, uh, kind of heartthrob cinema. It were no normally, TV actors that I, I like. Um, but I like sportsmen too. I like Kevin, Kevin Keegan. Um, all those very little team uh, football, and my dad hated football, so there's very little right. football on in our house. But I used to love it. I hear that you're a football fan. Uh, I've I've heard a rumor. Yeah, no, I'm a big football fan. Yeah. Now, <laughs> it, is is the following true? Uh, uh, I'm I'm sure it is because I'm sure that you told me this once over over a lunch we had together. But I I, I always wonder, did I just imagine this or? or did Rupert actually say this to me? So you can tell me whether this is true or false. You're, it's, it's, it's one of those red carpet events, I don't know, for a film or a theatre, somewhere in town. Yes, yes. I remember this still, yeah, Rupert, yeah, yeah. Rupert Graves was, arrives. Yeah. He, 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 you know, he's very friendly to the crowd. He goes into the building. I can't remember if it's a cinema or, or a theatre building. He then exits out the back and makes his way to Arsenal Football Club because they were playing a European game. Yeah. True or false? Yeah, yeah, but true, <laughs> true. It was. I think it was V for. I think it was V for Vendetta premiere at, uh, uh, at Leicester Square, and I went up literally up the um, steps, got in, and said, "Right, guys, I've got to go now." And there was a little side exit, exit, thing, <laughs> and I ran onto the tube in my suit because I was all poshed up, and ran <laughs> to the stage. It was in Highbury then. 
and ran into Highbury and watched the game. And, um, and then I had to leave 15 minutes before the end and got back, because I had to pretend that I'd seen the film and come out again and go to the party afterwards. Yeah, it's true. I'd seen the film before. I'd already seen the film, but I hadn't seen the football match, obviously. So, uh, you know. By the way, I absolutely love that film. Yes, it, no, I did too. I, was, I thought it was a good film. Yeah, very good. I, it re- what was it like working with Stephen Rear? Uh, great. He's a big goon, you know. Is he? Yeah, we used to go meet up before the game sometimes after. He's great. Right. He's great. He's kind of morose. He's kind of fabulously morose. He's yeah, kind of uh, like, he's, he's got that hang dog. Yes, the, the hang dog he's expression. He's very smart. He's very passionate. And he's, uh, I think he's wonderful actor. Yes. Uh, in fact, I just saw him um, online uh, to, in a, in a, on a royal, in a royal court show called Cypress Avenue, which was he was absolutely fantastic, a wonderful play. Yeah, he's a brilliant actor. So, do, do you have any um, inspirational writers that 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 you know have really? Well, one of the I mean, another reason that I became an actor, apart from the Elf story, which is sort of true, it is well, it is true. I remember that moment. I remember that as my first. But, but, but also when I was, I mean, being, I had quite a troubled, actually, uh, childhood in, in lots of ways um, and, and found it very difficult to focus and found, you know, I wasn't a particularly happy child. But I did stumble across Chekhov when I was about um, 13 in a science lesson, oddly, and that was The Seagull, and I remember reading it. And just reading those words and saying, oh, my, I never knew anybody could think that or write that or or be true. it just was so true to hometown life but expressed so beautifully and honestly um, and with such great compassion I thought I mean it struck me and that sort of changed my life and in, in about a, a year later I was invited to a friend's house who had uh, I think it was hunky-dory and I read the sleeve note of the the, 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 the the words before I heard the music and I thought oh god how can you write something so imaginative and strange and emotive uh, as that? And so, so honestly, those two, those two uh, things probably were the things that sort of inspired me. But those those two things, which were the, which were the were the pieces of writing I first stumbled across, that I went, whoa, whoa, I want I want a little bit of that somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So do, do you have a, a, a favourite book or a favourite play? I don't actually, no. But I mean, I have, I, I normally, my favourite book is normally the one, if I'm enjoying it, is the one I'm reading. Go, oh, uh, yeah, that, that is quite true. I, I can't really think of, I mean, I, I do, and I like different things. I like kind of Weissman and I, I really love um, Oscar Wilde as well. I stumbled across Oscar Wilde. I was shocked that somebody could be so intelligent and pithy and 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 you know uh revere old very old-fashioned concepts like beauty and uh, and and kindness and and things like that I, I thought that was inspiring and you know it was that married with i've never come across sweetness and and brilliance in in one day yes it's, it's kind of easier i guess to be brilliant and critical but to be uh you know that human and and brilliant is 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 a rare thing. Um, and of course, Shakespeare. But it took me ages to one, because I wasn't very well educated. It, it takes me, still does, takes me ages to unpick what he's saying. Um, but once you do, it's amazing, of course. Yes. Um, but, yeah. I, but I also equally like people like um, Harlan Coburn and, and the, some of the American mystery writers like um, De, uh, James Lee Burke, I'm a big fan, who writes out of, Los, uh, uh, out of um, New Orleans. 
Uh, Rupert, you've done, you know, such a vast range of, of theatre, of some some you know, very, very famous films, The Madness of King George. You've done Room with a View, Morris. Um, so that, I mean, the list is endless. Uh, my my favourite, V for Vendetta. Um, out of all the, the theatre and film ex- experiences that you've had, what, what, what's, what's a, one of the most memorable that sticks out for you? Um, well, I, I prefer doing theatre because it's just, I think it's more of a medium for an act. You can get on stage, create a character, and you, and you sort of, well, you play. It's like, it's like you, and you have to be so present for the whole evening. Uh, and, you, and if it goes well, you start building a pretty good relationship. There's everybody in the same house. The audience is doing a job, you're doing a job, the other actors are doing jobs. And it all sort of comes together. And, you know, the energies all, all, all spin together, weave together. And it can be, that, that is amazing when that works. It's horrendous when it doesn't, but when it does work, it's amazing. So my, my three, I, I did a play years ago by Philip Ridley called Pitchfork Disney, which I loved. Um, and I, again, I'd never come across any writing like that. It's an extraordinary play if anybody wants to read it. He writes a lot of children's books now as well. Um, but that was an, it's, an, it's still an extraordinary play. Uh, that I did um, a play called Hurley Burley. Um, we had an American director, it was a four hour play. We had two weeks. I think to um, to rehearse it, which is unusual. You normally have for a two-hour play. You normally have four four weeks, but this is a four-hour play. We had two weeks, and he was saying, "Well, I don't know. I don't think we're going to be able to do this. Uh, so just you know, do what you want." And um, we kind of every night had great people in there, like Andy Circus, Daniel Craig, um, wonderful, wonderful actors, and we just used to kind of go on stage, and it's a riotous, drug-fueled, emotional boiling pot of a play and we used to go crazy properly crazy every night and burn ourselves out it was amazing um and that so that was really interesting and fun and i've just really enjoyed doing like beginning of last year i did some of the the, the pinter season at the pinter theater i did three of those plays which i absolutely loved it was the first time i've been on stage for a long time and I thought I might be a little bit freaked and a little bit scared but um, I, I loved it with Jimmy Horrocks who's amazing and um, yeah Colin McFarlane who was in it too who's, who's also amazing it's a, a really wonderful experience and uh, Rupert tell us about your your experiences of stroke uh, well my dad died of a stroke he was um, he was in Sri Lanka and I was working in uh, Manchester on a job, so I had to kind of uh, and the and the they, they, interestingly in in, in uh, and I've forgotten the doctor's name. Now they've got a brilliant uh, stroke doctor there, but he works for the public hospital, and foreigners aren't really allowed to be under his remit. But um, so I was I, I used to I was working on um, a show in Manchester, so I used to have to get the plane at the weekend on Friday and go over to Sri Lanka for the weekend uh, because he had no family there, and my mother had died by then, and my brother and sisters were doing other stuff. And, so I used to go over and try and I used to, he was living in the, in the, in, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a house in the jungle. And I had to try and get him out of the house. And the people would make it difficult to do that because they wanted to look after him for various reasons. Um, so I had to kind of go down and try and get him out of uh, there, get him into a hospital. Then I, you have to hire nurses in Sri Lanka and f- people get food in and uh, bathe him. They, they, the nurses there just administer medicine. Um, and then there was no bed big enough for him because he's a big man. So I had to make, get a bed made for him. I had to get a therapist, speech therapist, and then I had to get a, um, movement you know, uh, therapy too. 
um, and I never quite got him to the, the, the good doctor occasionally like, came in to see him twice and gave us a, a plan, uh, but didn't, wasn't there looking after, which was actually a good thing. Um, and he, he did well for a year and then he had another stroke. Uh, and this time I was in New York and he died. Gosh. So, yeah. So, I mean, he, his stroke made him, he could move really pretty uh, well after, after a couple of months, but he could never speak. He never, he never got his, uh, his words back. So, so there you were, working away in Manchester, and, and basically every week or so, you'd have to fly over to Sri Lanka to look after your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was I mean, it was odd. It's strange having a parent who you can't communicate with. I mean, it's very odd for him. You could see in his eyes he could understand. I mean, at first he was, he was, he was in no position to hear or respond. But after a couple of months, he, he. Um, he could, he, he, he could, uh, you could see he was perfectly cogent. He was very frustrated that his mouth wasn't doing what his brain was telling it to do. So, so what then is your view of the arts in relation to rehabilitation? Um, well, I mean, my, I, pretty much the same as I think it is to life. In that, I mean, why I think arts are interesting is it's because, I mean, I find it's a sort of, the way that I see art is a sort of ritualized life. You create something in a slightly ritualistic way. It's a, it's a formula, and you use methods. You know, whatever you're doing, whether you're doing stage, or painting, or writing, or whatever. It's, it's a, it's a. There is a sort of ritual element to it, and people engage. Um, I, I think, I, I think it allows you to feel, be emotive. It, it allows you to. Ex you can express yourself while watching art, or, or seeing art, or understanding art. Uh, I think you find so much common experience through art. Um, I mean, I, th I, th I imagine one of the things that my dad must have felt, and I'm sure it's true, it's true of other stroke victims, is a sense of isolation. You can start in, in a simpler way, and you can, I, I think you can, you can learn language again, you can learn emotional language, you can connect you. I, I think all those things... Uh, are useful in 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 life and 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 also when you're recovering from an illness, I can imagine would be vital. And can we can we end this uh, conversation, Rupert, talking about one of the most important things you know that's happening in the world at the moment? Which is the fact that our Arsenal Football Club aren't playing. Yes. Yeah, I admit it's awful. It's just awful. I miss it so much. It's it's driving me it's, mad. I know. I know. It's driving it's, me mad. I mean I, I've been watching they're doing reruns of old La Liga games. I've been watching that, which is not much, but it's football. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna forget who the, who's who's playing. I'm gonna I don't know who's I don't even know who's on our team. Who's our manager, for Christ's sake? I don't even know. It's um, it's mad, isn't it? Isn't it crazy? I mean, and what are they? It is. I mean, it's yeah. Do you, do you when you go to the games? Do you go with your children or do you go with other friends? I do. Yeah, I, I get. Well, I've got. I've got. I go. I have. I, there are three three friends, uh, me and two other friends, who have tickets, and often one or two of them can't go, or I can't go, and when somebody can't go, we take a, a, one of our own kids. So I go a fair bit with with the kids. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. lovely. And it's, it's the one thing, I, I have two boys, and it's the one thing that we have always done together is, you know, go to uh, the Arsenal games. And, and it's that 
bonding with your children, uh, you know, and of course them bonding with their father, you know, and having something that's just ours. Because in, in our house, you know, yeah. where my, my wife is 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 the boss really, and you know, sort of makes makes the big decisions. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but here's this one thing that we you know we walk down to the stadium because we live we live we live in Archway, so we can just walk down the road. Yeah, to the stadium together, and it's just fantastic. It's, it's the thing that I miss more than anything else at the moment. This is how sad I am. Me and my son, uh, I, I got, I actually got the, um, the, the the COVID thing quite nastily, actually, but I'm over it. But um, five six weeks ago, but now I'm just just beginning to get fit again, or just starting to get fit. So me and my son, we uh, every day we go to the Arsenal Stadium and very sadly <laughs> jog round for it, look at waiting. <laughs> uh, but it, is, it kind of connects us still to the club. Oh, it's that's just, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. Rupert, look, I know you're a very, very busy man. So I, I would just like to say again, Rupert Graves, Thank you so much well, thank for, you. for this interview. Thanks for asking. You are one of you uh, really genuinely are one of my favourite people. Be- uh, a because I've always loved you. B because you're a gooner. And now <laughs> C, I just found out that one of your favourite dishes is fish and chips. Because I, I was once asked, it, you know, if I was if I was if someone said to me, right, it's your last ever meal, what's it going to be? Hands down. Fish and chips. I used to work in 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 a, a place called the uh, uh, in Western Supermare with a very imaginative name of the House of Fish, which won <laughs> best fish and chips. Uh, I think in the Daily Mail four years on the trot. <laughs> <laughs> that's my and that's you, my were, real claim to fame. Yeah, you were part of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> Rupert Graves. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was the actor Rupert Graves. At the time of this podcast going out, Interact is looking to expand its reach to Belfast, Northern Ireland. We've made an application to the Aviva Community Fund. You can see the application if you visit their website at avivacommunityfund.co.uk and from there simply click Explore Projects, type Belfast in the location window and you'll be able to see our application under the headline Supporting Stroke Recovery in Belfast. If you're feeling generous, please do click on the big yellow support button and please do forward the link to people that you know. The more support that we can get, the better our chances of obtaining funding for our award-winning work. We look forward to your company on the next edition of Right Side of the Brain. (music) 